0: Welcome to Trophy Horses, this is episode 388 of the show, and along with me for this week's adventure, it's I Yield to No One. Hey
1: everybody, I was going to make fun of uh, uh, Tricky, but uh, yeah, Alex, why don't you explain that?
0: I mean, he probably deserves it. Uh, so we get a, a message from Tricky bailing on the show this week, because he says he hasn't gotten much sleep. We don't know the reason why, so it could be legit, it could be personal issues, Uh. But until we hear otherwise, I'm gonna hope for the best and hope that he was just up playing some uh, of the Division 2 or some other game that he probably spends too much time playing. But, uh, yeah, we get a text from Tricky probably 30 minutes before the show saying, hey, I'm not recording. Uh, agenda sent. It is an hour. But, uh, yeah, agenda sent record without me. So, uh, good old Tricky. Probably staying up late. Too late playing video games as always. But, uh, yeah, so, 388, you get me and Yield, and uh, not a whole lot going on this week. Uh, I will say that in our topic of the week, you'll find out why Death Stranding is even less appealing now and far more confusing. Uh, but we'll, we'll get into that. Before we do that, Yield, let's get into our updated trophy count. And since you checked and made sure that everything was completely up to date, let's start with you.
1: Okay, so I am uh, level 28 with a trophy count of 5778 and a platinum count of 90.
0: Tricky is level 39, total trophy count of 9,951 with a platinum count of 118. I am level 31, 6,856 total trophies and a platinum count of 102 and 101 games. Steve's level 15 with 2,145 tro- total trophies and 11 platinums and Sid is level 38 Total trophy count of 8,791 with a platinum count of 162. Uh, We do want to remind you, if you have kind of been wondering where Sid's been recently, we addressed it on a a few weeks ago, but we just want to uh, say again that Sid's kind of taking a little bit of a break. He was getting a little burned out, spent a little bit too much money trying to get all these platinum trophies to kind of do an episode a week. So uh, Sid's going to take a little break and uh, hopefully uh, come back with more episodes of Sophie Trophies once he's had kind of a little respite from all that. I can certainly feel that because... I'm playing more games on the Switch now because, you know, even after playing God of War and having a little break, like having to go hard and get trophies, it kind of takes it out of you. Uh, So that's kind of an update where Sid's at. So, Yield, yes, I haven't been playing much on the PlayStation. I have been playing a game that I can definitely talk about. Uh, Actually, it should be a game that PlayStation owners should be jealous that they can't play. But first, I want to hear what you've been doing. Have you been playing more World of Warships?
1: I have been. I've I've been uh, getting my daily goals. I've played every day. I'm up to a Tier 6 Destroyer. I did that today, and I got my free uh, premium Tier 2 Destroyer from the U.S. line for uh, for getting that far. I'm up to a Tier 5 Cruiser, and I, I'm i up to a Tier 4 Battleship, all in the United States line. So, so when we're talking
0: tiers, like, what does it go up to?
1: Uh, Tier 7 right now is the farthest it goes up
0: to. Oh, wow. So, with the first one, was it just the battleship you said?
1: Well, uh, you start off off with a Tier 1 cruiser, and then once you get to Tier 3 on the cruiser line, you can then jump up to the destroyer line, and if you get to Tier 4 on the cruiser, or almost right before Tier 4 on the cruiser, because it's got kind of like a like an uh, experience progression bar. So when you get up to your Tier 3 cruiser, when you get almost to Tier 4, you can then jump down to the battleship line. So I'm, I'm kind of doing all three trees or lines at once. But I've, I, I started doing pretty good with the destroyer, so I kind of stuck with that a little bit more because you can get mad experience when you hit a bunch of torpedoes on a ship. So... I kind of stuck with that and got that to tier six first. I've been playing uh, some Rock Band 4. I jumped into that because uh, our group was close to uh, getting advanced on to the next round. So I did that to help us out.
0: So you and, played a little bit with Tricky?
1: Well, I didn't play with Tricky because, you know, he doesn't have his notifications turned on. So he doesn't see when I sign in. But I... Uh, played on our band's behalf. And then I've uh, played some Days Gone, which I was kind of hoping Tricky was here because he wanted to... Him and I were going to compare what we thought about it. So I'm liking the game. I sometimes think the, uh, the dialogue... Deacon seems to be mad for no reason.
0: I mean, if you lived in that world with all that shit going on, wouldn't you be mad too?
1: Well, yeah, but like... Like somebody will will give you a job to do or something. And he answers like real angrily. But the next time he's like, all cool. It's just like,
0: okay. Well, it's almost what? like he, he channels young Kratos for a bit. Yeah. And once, once that's done the next job, he's back to normal.
1: Yeah. So, and I, I was like, well, everybody was talking about how tense it was. I'm like, I haven't really experienced the tense yet. You know, I'm, I'm, going around, I see a Freaker here, I see a Freaker there, I'm just like, oh, okay, you know, I, I kill him here, I kill him there, I'm, I'm doing my thing.
0: And then I... Mean, I have, th- you, have you felt overwhelmed at all? Like, has there been any large waves of Freakers that you've come up against? Because well, that- in that game, like, setting the tone, like, Dead Space, like, setting the isolation, like, that is the key to that game. In this game, Days Gone, it's like, the tension, and you almost have to feel overwhelmed like in the last episode of Game of Thrones. Like there has to be this feeling of desperation that that's just comes from being overwhelmed.
1: So I, I I was thinking that, well, maybe when I get across my first swarm, I will I will feel that way. And sure enough, I finally came across my first decent sized swarm where I was riding my bike up to a Nero checkpoint. And I forget why I jumped off my bike. To, I think maybe I, I saw on my mini-map there was some uh, herbs or something that I could pick. So I stopped my bike and I ran over to get them. And as I'm doing that, my radar turns red. I'm like, all right, where are these guys at, you know? So I'm looking and then all of a sudden here comes this huge horde of Freakers just meandering right down the middle of where I was riding my bike. And I was like, whoa! That would have been bad. So, I'm not doing too bad. I have like, three times. Once because that Freaker horde got me because I got impatient.
0: And what, did he, you try to like run into the Freaker wave like a surfer?
1: No, I tried. I, I walked around them, got into the Nero checkpoint and I'm sitting there and I'm I'm, I'm doing the things I need to do to turn the power back on without, without giving away any spoilers. So I'm sitting there and I'm figuring out how, what, what I need to do and all of this stuff. Well, apparently while I was doing that, one lone freaker saw me, sets, you know, does his thing. And then like, it's on like Donkey Kong and I'm trying to run and get on my bike and they got me and I died. Because I knew I wasn't going to be able to fight them all off. So I'm like, well, I'll just run and jump on my bike and live the fight another day. Well, that didn't happen.
0: I mean, strength in numbers, you're never going to win those odds.
1: No. So and then the other two times I died was just because I wasn't thinking. Like, I got, picked, I got picked off my bike by a sniper. And the other two flunkies come out of the bushes to come get me. So I, like, dodge and run out of the way. And then I... The sniper I, I healed myself, well then the sniper shot me again. So I'm like, okay, I I gotta get rid of this sniper. So I focused more on trying to get rid of the sniper and I got clubbed in the back of the head. So It's
0: like raptors. It's you're you're looking at one, but then the other one comes from the side to kill you.
1: Exactly. So
0: Now one of the things that Tricky talked about, like one of his issues with the game, is that he said that it felt like it was too difficult too early. Did you get a sense of that?
1: No, I actually kind of thought the opposite. I thought it was kind of pretty easy. I mean, I mean, you, you go in knowing that, you know, what it is. You can carry one sidearm, you can carry one uh, uh, primary, and then you've got one specialty weapon. Your specialty weapon is like sniper rifle, crossbow, your primary are your sawn-off shotguns, your AKs, and your uh, uh, carbine repeater, and then you've got your uh, handguns for your sidearm. The only thing I, I didn't necessarily like, and, and, and I think this has to do with the whole of your credits and of how things might be slim, is like I was carrying around, I, I guess it was a level 1, what they're calling a level one pistol. I don't know. It was a green box by my pistol said one. I found a blue box with a number two in it. I'm like, okay, cool. This one packs more punch. So I picked up that number two pistol. And even though I'm carrying it, it doesn't show up in my uh, gun safe. The The only times guns show up in your gun safe is if you buy them. So if I ever drop that number two, I'll have to eventually buy it. So... It, that's just like a slight annoyance. I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever. But I seem any, to no, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I seem to not be running out of supplies and maybe that's just my OCD in these type of games where I'm like, Ooh, I got to get this. I got to get that. I got to search everything. And I'm like constantly full on everything. Like I'll go to use a band aid, and they fill up 50, 50 hit points.
0: I might. Well, only... I mean, like enjoy it now because once that new survival difficulty comes out, when uh, when they release the the DLC later on, you're uh, you're probably going to be real hard up for resources.
1: Oh, probably. So I'm 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 taking this opportunity now to kind of get my game plan down. I'm I'm playing. I try to play stealth as much as possible because that is very important. I've never, like I said, you can get. Uh, Uh, A sniper rifle as your as your second or as your special weapon, but then you got to leave behind your crossbow. I keep my crossbow because that's my silent killer. Besides sneaking up behind them and stabbing them in the back of the head,
0: so I crossbow. How you're doing it for Peter Mayhew?
1: I am. I am holding on to that crossbow. So I'm, I'm using this playthrough to to kind of get myself ready for the ultra-hard, not ultra-hard, but the, the survival difficulty when it hits in June, to, to probably be like, yeah, this is really hard. But I'm, I'm enjoying the game. I think it could be better.
0: Is there anything in particular you don't like about it? Like any like big <sighs> annoyances, or I shouldn't say annoyances, but big uh, cons for the game? Anything that you really don't like that you think needs to be fixed?
1: Well, like I said... Uh, The dialogue where he just seems angry and it's just like, wow, that guy didn't come angry at you. It didn't necessarily needed a angry response, but that's just a minor thing. The other minor thing is, oh, I just had it Oh, When you, you can rescue people out in the wild. Sometimes you run across somebody who needs help, whether they're getting, being attacked by other drifters or they're being attacked by other freakers. You can save them and then you can tell them, hey, I know of a camp. And then you can send them to one of the camps. And then those camps give you credits and whatnot for sending them there. So, it, you seem to kind of get the same dialogue from them when you save them. You know, and I've, and I've probably only saved maybe half a dozen, a dozen at the most. And you, it's just kind of the same,
0: oh man, I'd have been
1: a goner. Thank you. you
0: When you save these camps, do you have to escort them anywhere? Are the are there escort missions?
1: Not yet. When when you save those people out in the wild, you know, let's say I like a couple times there's been a guy, he's hiding in a car, and there's like four freakers just beating up on the car trying to get to him, and you know, he's screaming for help. So you go in there, you lay waste to the freakers, he jumps out of the car, he's like, Man, thanks a lot, I was a goner. And you're like, hey, you know, here, go to a camp. Tell them I sent you. You, you'll, you'll be good. And the dude runs off, and that's it.
0: You know, it surprises me that Tricky's had uh, some trouble with this game, at least in the start, because he is a guy who played through Metal Gear Solid. He loves that series, and that's stealth is a very important element in that series. This is a game that I know that you and uh, or at least Tricky was surprised when I said that I didn't really have an interest in playing it, because I don't like stealth games. I don't. Uh, I don't do well with them, and like Sly Cooper, that's my style of stealth. And, you know, I love the Sly Cooper games, they're super fun. I think they're great games. But their stealth isn't really that hard. It's like stealth for no. kids. So I, I I find it I'm surprised that Tricky is having trouble with it because he's able to get through other games where stealth is so important. But me, like, this almost seems like a nightmare game because I what? would my, my style is like in the game that I'm playing, which we'll get into once you're done, but I like to go in and just outfight somebody. Like What's? outlast somebody. And I can't do that. Like I it's like, you know fighting the undead in Game of Thrones. Like, I can't just go against a wave of Freakers and expect to come out on top.
1: Well, I think eventually you will have to go against small hordes. Because in each area of the map, as you get there, there there are... When you go to your map, there's like a box that says, hey, there are basically your collectibles. There are so many hordes, so many Nero checkpoints, so much of this, that, other, blah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And as you complete them, it says... You know, two out of five. You know, you get what I'm saying. So eventually there's going to be sizes of hordes that I'm going to have to attack if I want the platinum. But right in those now,
0: moments, they ought to have the Batman Arkham Asylum style fighting in there. Where you're flipping all over the place, destroying freakers. Destroying like freakers. Neck, neck snaps and like throwing them into walls and stuff.
1: So, so right now I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm going through the game and I'm and I will I will go after the freakers when I feel comfortable that I am geared up enough to do that. Right now I don't feel like I'm geared up enough to do that. I can you can only carry what can I you can only carry 50 rounds in your AK and that's it. So you but ammo at least right now seems to be of abundance. Now that could bite me in the butt if I bleed an area out. I haven't really paid attention if if like if you uh, open up a car, you know, b- bust a lock on a car, and you get ammo out of it, if I come back there after I reload the game, is that car still empty? I haven't paid that much attention to know. But I'm just, I'm, I'm being careful on how I play the game, and I'm picking my moments when I use my gun. Because, needless to say, you make a lot of noise in any other freakers in the area are going to come to that noise
0: you know when you say that the ak's only have 50 rounds in them i remember in uncharted my kind of one of my rules in uncharted because you you know their enemy is so many enemy encounters in those games that you're often having the chance to pick up a new weapon if like there was not more than 60 rounds or that weapon couldn't hold more than 60 rounds especially if it's like an automatic weapon or a semi-automatic weapon i wouldn't pick it up now granted in this game you don't necessarily have the freedom to do that, to, like, pick and choose. Oh, well, I'm not going to give up my, my spa shotgun because this AK only has 40 rounds and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's interesting to hear, like, because that immediately made me think of of my style of playing Uncharted. Well, yeah. And like I said, 50 is
1: a total that, that you get. When you first pick it up, like, w- when you run across ammunition, when you pick it up in the wild... Ammo crates might have, I think the most I've seen is 21, maybe 24 rounds. For the most part, when you pick them up off of people, you're getting four,
0: six bullets. That's it. So Shit, give me a Magnum. So, I'd rather have a Magnum than an AK in that situation.
1: I haven't run across the Magnum yet. All I've run across is two kinds of, of handguns, which really don't have much stopping power. I mean, you really got to end up aiming for the head, or just pump pump a lot of bullets in the chest. So,
0: well, I mean, if you're going against hordes of enemies, like you're not doing that all the time. But if you're going against a horde of enemies, like what's an AK going to do? Like, just
1: well, I don't know. Run, I, run away and
0: shoot when you need to. Like, cause I, you're only really going to use your gun when you're in small encounters.
1: I, I I haven't necessarily tried that yet. Like I said, the first horde I ran into, I'm like, you know what? I ain't got the I ain't got the uh, ammunition to take these guys on. I'm running. And it didn't work out. They caught me because you got a stamina bar, so you can only when you decide you're going to run, you can only do it for so long. And then your stamina depletes, and you've got to um, let it refill. So, so yeah, good game. I'm enjoying it, and I'm, I'm expecting it to get better as we go along. And, and that's what I'm getting or I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting from the game so far is the more I get into it, the better, the better it is.
0: I mean, i you always love to hear two different opinions on games. And it seems like your opinion is, is, is not necessarily wildly, but different from Tricky's. So, I mean, like next time you all are both on the show together, we'll definitely have to kind of have a little debate and you will have more time in the game. So, well, yeah.
1: Oh, and I've, I've also played some rocket league because uh, they're in season three of their rocket pass. And this weekend was two times experience so, I figured, out. Eh, I'll, I'll dive into it for a little bit. So I, I, I've been doing that because Tricky called me. I, I was playing Days Gone. I played Days Gone for a good part of Saturday. Well, my wife was watching me, and she is enjoying the story so far. Well, she had to, to go run an errand, but she's like, she's like, well, you, you can't continue the story while I'm gone. I'm like, well, that's cool. I said, I'll, I'll just jump into some Rocket League. I've been wanting to, to, to play It's like that. Uh,
0: the couples who have to watch TV shows together.
1: Yeah. So, I jumped into Rocket League. I wasn't in, like, my second match. My phone rings. And it was tricky. I, I see you quit playing Days Gone for Rocket League. You, you don't like it, do you? I'm like, no, nah, man. I'm, I'm enjoying the game. I said, you know, my wife had to run an errand and doesn't want to miss any of the stories. So, I just jumped into some Rocket League while she's gone.
0: <laughs> see, that tells me, like, Tricky's looking for you to validate his opinion on the game, just like he was looking to me to validate his opinion on God of War. Yeah,
1: I just, I'm like, like I said, it, it's not flooring me like I was expecting it to, but I'm also holding back the, and, and that could be because some of the early reviews were like, were like, you know, all, all show, and oh, I don't even know the saying I'm going for. But, you know, it, it, it's all that and, and nothing. So, I was like, you know what? M- maybe this game takes a little bit to get going. And and that's kind of what I'm finding out, is that, you know, as, as the farther I get into the story, the more the map is opening up. It's like, oh, okay. Now I, now I see everybody else's comments of how tense the game is and things like that. Because like I, like I said, at first I wasn't feeling the tenseness. I was just kind of like, well, okay. you just, you just just. To be d-
0: fair, all games take a little bit to get started. That's why, <laughs> I mean, we can make jokes about Zelda that's hand-holding all day. But it does usually take every game a little bit to get started. Uh, the game that I'm playing, to be honest, Bayonetta, that series, uh, it kind of just throws you into the shit right away. Now, I had talked about how I went back and played the original Bayonetta, before I played Bayonetta 2, and it was a game that I still enjoyed, but I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I remembered. It wasn't as fun as I remember, mainly because it was it was a little bit harder than I remember, and, like, just the, the design of the levels, like, it was kind of blah. Bayonetta 2 is, like, worlds better than Bayonetta. Uh, and it was, if you remember, it was exclusive to the Wii U. They brought it over to Switch, so when I bought Bayonetta 2, I got the download code for Bayonetta. Uh, this is a game that, like, you, PlayStation owners and Xbox owners should be jealous that they can't play because it's so, so fun. The combat is, is, I mean, it's still extremely fun. There's still so many combos you can do, and, it, like, it just looks like having guns in your hands and on your feet and being able to change those out for different weapons and just doing all these fast, almost, like, breakdancer-like fighting. It's so cool to watch. The Witch Time, it's, it like using, like, dodging as kind of a parry as a way to get to, like, a slowdown time where you can just kick the shit out of your enemies. It's all so much fun. Bayonetta 2, like, they've scaled back the difficulty. Uh, It's easier than the original Bayonetta, but not in a bad way. It's actually far more fun because it's still, like, the boss... or Like, all the fights are still really hectic and really fast-paced, but it feels like you have a far more fair chance of coming out um, without as many cuts and bruises, I'll say, because the first game, like, there were some fights you just kind of had to, uh, you know, try over and over again. This game, like, I'm having to use some of the herbs and some of, like, the health items, but not nearly as much, and it's it's more fun, but I still, like, I feel like I'm feeling challenged, so I think that they addressed that really well in been added 2. Also, the environments and the level designs are just so much better and so much more creative than the first game. What uh, In the first chapter, you come up to this almost, like, This little small market, and in the background there's a temple, and behind that there's a lake. And it's just, or sorry, not a lake, but like there's a giant, like a mountain. uh, And it's just a really beautiful scene, and you don't get anything like that in the original Bayonetta. Like some of this stuff, some of these set pieces, it's kind of like you would see in an Uncharted game. So I really appreciated that. And every, like, Bayonetta 2 is still insane. It's like the original Bayonetta, but even more on crack. Because every level has like a boss fight, like a huge boss fight. And it never gets old. Uh, Ashley's oldest Sam was asking me, "Doesn't that get old? Just kind of dodging and, and punching, and then dodging and punching." It's like, no, no fight in Bayonetta ever. ever gets old because it's all like not stressful, but like super frenetic, and like you're just amped up, and you've got to be quick, and you've, your reflexes have to be on spot, and it's it's just so much fun. So a lot of the problems that I had with Bayonetta, they have addressed in Bayonetta Two, and it's just a it's a, a very fun game. So it's a like I think that I. I like it a lot more than the original Bayonetta, and I think it's probably one of my favorite third-person action games. Uh, It's what I thought about Bayonetta. Like, when I originally played Bayonetta, but going back and having played the two um, kind of very close to each other, Bayonetta 2 is just a much better game. So uh, if you do have access to a Switch or you do own a Switch and you never got to play Bayonetta 2 because you didn't own a Wii U, you need to play that because it's an amazing action game. Like, I love Bayonetta 2. It's so much fun. Awesome. It's somehow Bayonetta in Overdrive, like it's like, hey, we have Motorstorm Pacific Rift. You like that? Well, you'll love Motorstorm Apocalypse, where everything's just falling to shit while you're racing. Uh,
1: nice analogy.
0: Yeah, uh, it's just super fun and still super chaotic, even more so than before. But everything's far more manageable. And like items, they're the items and like the the ingredients you co- you collect to be able to make. Um, like, items, like, health uh, lollipops, and lollipops that go towards your, um, your, uh, oh god, I'm trying to think. Health
1: lollipops, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, they, they go to, like, earning moon orbs, like, all, like, all the uh, the ingredients that go towards building up your, your items and your lollipops, That's those are far more plentiful, and it just, it, it all makes for a better experience. The game's, you know, it's not too easy, it's not a walkthrough, but, you know, it's it's just far more enjoyable, so... Tricky, as always, on this agenda, and I hate when he does this, basically puts uh, breaking down the fourth uh, wall here, because we've had this discussion many times in the show. All right. And I'm just going to say it. I hate when Tricky puts these kind of dumbass topics on the agenda, because Tricky sits here and, you know, he wants to be a news reporter, and I'm like, well, how about we just pick a few topics that we can sit here and talk about and have more in-depth discussions than just having, like, six topics where we just run through and no one can talk shit about anything. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do. I'm going to pander to Tricky and give you two quick news topics that we're just going to blow by. Uh, The PlayStation 4 has apparently sold 96.8 million units worldwide. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And Ubisoft is teasing a new Ghost Recon. Uh, We won't know until next week, I think May 9th. Is when the announcement is supposed to be coming, but they apparently are teasing a new Ghost Recon game. Uh, unsure if that's a sequel to Wildlands, but yeah, expect that this coming week. May Man,
1: not. I really need to get into my backlog.
0: That's that'll never happen because you keep adding games to it.
1: Yeah, I know, right? It, it, it's it's horrible.
0: But yeah, so there's the news that Tricky wants you to know. Um, it's not. Uh, I mean, if yeah, you know, if we can, you know, just mention it, I guess it doesn't matter. But there's the tri- there's news, the tricky things you need to know. Uh, a much bigger topic that I think is more prescient to Yield and I, and you know, Yield, you've already brought up Rocket League. Epic Games has acquired Psyonix, which is the developer of Rocket League. Now, uh, you know, in uh, the comments on this, uh, IGN uh, wrote about it, and everything was super positive, everything coming from Psyonix after the purchase was really positive. Except, uh, there was one little thing that uh, once this goes to the Epic Game Store, it will no longer potentially be available on Steam. That came from the Verge. Ooh, ouch! Uh, Psyonix has basically come out and said, uh, uh, "quote We can't comment on speculation. We can not say that Rocket League remains available for purchasers on Steam for the time being, and long-term plans will be announced in the future." Basically, uh, I think we can say that that report is correct, and it will be pulled from the Steam Store at some point because they say very they say that's the very PR friendly. Hey, it's available for the time being, and that being the 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 phrasing there that you need to pay attention to. I'd say that The Verge's it, uh, the report that's going to be pulled is is accurate, probably.
1: I was kind of surprised that they were acquired by somebody. I mean, I mean, I, I know that initially, for the most part, a lot uh, a huge part of Rocket League was picked up because of the freeness of PlayStation Plus, at least on the Sony side. But I believe they've done quite well with their eSports and their DLC packs and all that. I'm just kind of – is did they, Is it stated there reason why they kind of let themselves be acquired, kind of sold themselves?
0: No. I mean from the standpoint of Psyonix, I mean they, they talk about it uh, like in a quote saying it significantly increases the potential reach and resources that the game and the team now have. So being bought by a bigger studio makes sense, although there are some studios that want to uh, retain some autonomy. But, like, you know, you see Insomniac Games, they don't really want to be purchased by anybody. But it's amazing that, you know, somebody, like, if Microsoft is going to be throwing out all this money, why the hell didn't they go buy Psyonix? Yeah. I I don't get that. Why didn't Sony try to buy Psyonix? If if Fortnite or Epic Games, you know, the the careers of Fortnite and Gears of War and all that – if they can buy them, surely Sony and Microsoft certainly can, or they can at least put their uh, their names in the hat.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, one other thing to come out of this uh, is is uh, Rocket League is surpassed uh, at least in 2018. So last year they surpassed 50 million players, and that was three years after it was released. So you think 50 million people still playing the game? It's still being used in esports. It's still. Um, like promoting things like big WB pay-per-views and stuff like that. it sponsors for that. Uh, it's extremely impressive. So, I mean, it's not like Psyonix is probably, you know, at a loss for money. You know, they don't put out a ton of paid DLC, mostly, you know, the free content that comes in patches and stuff. But clearly, I mean, the game has done very well and it's become a, like, a, like a multiplayer phenomenon. So, I mean, if you look at the standpoint from Sony, Sony doesn't have a lot of first-party exclusive sports games. Yes, they have MLB The Show. Other than that, I can't really think of anything. Just to have something like this, like a very multiplayer-focused, like an actually really an only a multiplayer-focused game, I think would have been a big thing, like a big, I hate to use the cliche, but a big feather in their cap. Uh, and the same for Microsoft. So, like, for, you know, these stu- these platform holders who are pushing multiplayer play, you know, you have to have PlayStation Plus to play online multiplayer even Nintendo to play on their multiplayer games online, you have to have their service, which is like twenty bucks a year. Uh, same with Microsoft, you have to pay into Xbox Live. For them not to try to get this game, um, it's I mean it, it's kind of it's surprising. Although the one thing I will say is that maybe they have Cyanux has been approached about being bought. By the platform holders, but they want to keep their game multi-platform, which is why it makes more sense to go with Epic Games, because Epic Games isn't going to say, oh, well, you can't be on the PlayStation now or the Nintendo, because you're owned by Microsoft. So that's the only way I can see why they went with a studio like Epic Games, as opposed to a platform holder, because they want to be multi-platform with their game.
1: That makes sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, it seems like we can expect no changes to Rocket League and support, if anything, we'll probably get even better support with uh, Epic Games' infrastructure and all their resources. So, I mean, this can only mean good things, as I see it, for Psyonix and for Rocket League. Uh, Yield, do you? I mean, do you see anything bad about this, or just like is any point of view concerned that at some point Psyonix is going to say, "Hey, stop," or sorry, not Psyonix, but Epic Games is going to say, "Hey, stop supporting Rocket League, make Rocket League Two, or move on to something else, so we can make even more money." <laughs> it's hard to say.
1: I, I I saw some things on social media about the purchase. And I, I, kind of got the vibe, at least for the, the things that I was seeing, that some people weren't overly thrilled with it. I was just like I was asking at the beginning. I was kind of surprised that they were they they sold themselves. I figured Rocket League was doing quite well with all their esports and, like you said, the pay per views and all the per, you know everything that they're doing. It didn't seem like they were in any kind of financial issue. And, you know, you go back to Rocket League and you pick it up. It's still fun to play. It's not like you pick it up and you play a couple matches and you're like, eh. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing things to entice you to come back. You know, the Rocket Passes and the double XP weekend during the Rocket Passes. I I just – I, I ah, Speak. I will be cautiously optimistic about it. Kind of see what Epic does with it. Are they just going to be kind of a a use their talents for their games, or are they just going to kind of be a you know what you guys do what you do? We'll help you along the way.
0: I don't know if it has any things to do with money. I mean, one of the things about the video game industry is it's very volatile. And we've seen studios shut down overnight because the game didn't sell. But I think that, you know, even with the the coming on of Apex Legends, there are certain franchises, certain games that you think that, hey, if you just keep supporting this with content, people will keep playing it. Rocket League is one of those. Fortnite probably will prove to be one of those. And, you know, even Rock Band, you know, like that's another game that it's like, hey, this is not a game. This is a platform on which you can play on, you know, theoretically forever not necessarily logistically forever because when the new consoles come out, you know, if, you know, PlayStation 5 and that comes out, we'll probably see another Fortnite, uh, maybe a new Rocket League. But, uh, you know, it's one of those games where I just kind of want to see them continue to support it. I don't think a a Rocket League 2 is necessary because the fundamentals are there. What are you going to change about the fundamentals? And like visually the game looks good. So why change anything? Why would we need a Rocket League 2? As long as they can still profit off the game.
1: Well, absolutely. I, I I don't know how you can top Rocket League, and and a Rocket League two. Ah, you you, you would have to change it up in, in in a sense. I I feel. You know, because they they did the what was it the rocket rocket powered battle cars, I think that was their first game or something along that lines. And then so Rocket League was a step in kind of a different direction, but still kind of what they learned from that game. If they did another Rocket League, I think they'd have to do something like that. Let's let's go take what we've learned here and here, but we're going to go over here. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. I think the big takeaway, at least, you know, if you believe Psyonix, is that every, there's only going to be positive things to come from this. So, I mean, we can, we can all hope for that. I think there's always going to be apprehension when a larger studio or a larger business <coughs> buys a smaller one. You know, it's never always everyone's super happy when someone gets bought out. But, you know, it doesn't always mean bad things. So, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, will only time will tell. But at this point, I say it can only help Psyonix. You know, not that Psyonix was in a bad spot, but Epic Games offers them a lot that can definitely help them make Rocket League even better and last even longer. So, I, I see it only as a positive. I agree. Uh, now, Yield, you... Pointed out that the PlayStation. Oh shit, there's a Golden Week sale on the PlayStation Network. Japan inspired titles. Well, there you go, folks. InS57. Jump on that shit, although, you know, well. Uh, we were release on the worst day possible, yield. The day after sales end. The,
1: the day after the sale ends, yeah.
0: Yeah. But even if you can't get in on the Golden Week sale, uh, you can still get it on the PlayStation Plus free games. For May, and Yild, you were talking about this, and I'll ask you to elaborate after I uh, announce the games. Is that people aren't necessarily thrilled about these games? Uh, the two games that are going to be released for PlayStation Plus members for free for May are Overcooked and What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, I'll slowly, I'll, I'll quickly comment that I have Overcooked, so I, I can't download that game. That's bound to happen to some sometime, so uh, no harm there. Uh, it is a fun game, although it gets to a point where I feel like you need a second player. So it's not one of those games you, you can just get through on your own. Uh, and what remains of E the Finch, like, I've always heard that that's a pretty good game. So why people would be uh, disappointed in that, I'm not really sure, unless there are you know those people who have both games.
1: That See, I, I, I didn't click on it. I just, I don't know, maybe it's my lack of attention span. But when people are already kind of moaning and groaning and complaining... I'm, I'm, for the most part, I'm just kind of like, okay, well, that's your opinion. I don't want that in my life, so to speak, so I don't care. You can just not like it. For, for me, when I heard these two games, I was like, awesome. I, I don't own <laughs> neither of these or either of these. So, And I've heard, like you said, I've heard good things from both games. I've heard good things about Overcooked. I've heard good, and I've been, there have been a couple of times I've almost pulled the trigger on sales Excuse me, I had to burp. I've almost pulled the trigger on sales on what remains of Edith Finch, and I've I've kind of held off. No, no, my my, my backlog's already big. I, I I don't need it yet. Or or I've I'm I'm buying this small couple of games, and this one's on the fence. And I end up going, well, these are more important. I'll wait because they always put this one on sale. So. I'm glad what I'm getting because I, I haven't purchased any of these. So awesome. And, and it's, it's better than last or last month's games because I might throw
0: Conan in my library. I don't know. I, I haven't put any of them in there yet. Yeah, no, I'm not even going to bother, to be honest. Uh, the Surge, uh, I believe there's actually a sequel coming to that coming out of that. So that might actually be the reason they threw it in there for PlayStation Plus to get people to play the original game. But yeah, I'm not... I didn't even budge on either one of those, so...
1: uh. Uh, And that's kind of how I was. I mean, I understand Tricky's philosophy of well, at least put it in your download list in in, in case you decide you want to play it. I... I watch the trailer on a game. If I've, you know, like... Like, let's take last month's games. If I haven't heard of them or don't know about them, I watch the trailer on them. If it doesn't pique my interest... I'm I'm okay if I don't take them. You know, for for me, at first, the allure of Plus was the free games. But really, the bread and butter is the discounts that you get on games.
0: Yeah, I pay I pay for PlayStation Plus because of the discounts on games and, like, the discounts on top of sales. It also, cloud saves. Cloud saves are, like, well, yeah. I don't pay that much for cloud saves alone. So, so like, the, the free games, even if I'm not la- downloading even one every month or every two months, like, I'm still... Totally happy. Uh, like Overcooked is a fun co-op game. You know, I played it solo because I really didn't have anybody else to play with, but it's meant to be played co-op. Uh, what mains of Edith Finch, um, I, you know, it's it's kind of understood to be a uh, underappreciated gem, so I will be downloading that and playing that. But, I mean, what people have to realize is not every month is going to be exciting. No. Not every month is going to have something for you. Exactly. Sony doesn't, like... Sony can't please everyone with two games. No. Yeah. So they're gonna release what they can, and if you choose look at this way, there's 24 free games for you to download every single year. Yeah. If you get two of them, or even three of them, chances are you've you paid made for up your plus money yeah. that you've paid for plus. Exactly. So.
1: And and there there was a month, oh, what was it? It was by three or four months ago. I think we got Mad Max and something else. And I was like, darn it, I own both those games. But both those games were really good. So, I mean, I was bummed that there was nothing that I could download. But on the other hand, I was just like, people, go get these games because I've played them and they're really fun. So, I, you know, this is the time the Pendulum has swung the other way. I don't own these two games and I've heard good things about them, so I'm taking them. And then, like I said, last month, yeah, I might put one in my download list, but I'm not really all that jazzed about them.
0: And I appreciate when they choose to spotlight and give us games, smaller games, not necessarily the AAA $60 games. You know, they're not always going to give us those, but I appreciate when they give us smaller games that are perhaps, you know, still high quality, uh, perhaps a little bit more risky in what they do, a little bit more novel. So I definitely appreciate those months when we get games like that.
1: Absolutely. It's... We, as gamers, get spoiled when we get the big titles. You know, here are full games that you're getting and, and... That's what you expect. And then when they don't give you what you want, people feel like since social media is a big thing, that they need to get on that and trash it. I, maybe I'm old school. I don't know.
0: People seem to be more vocal when they're not happy with something than when they are happy with something.
1: That is true.
0: So, yes. Uh, by the time the show comes out, you will be able to pick up the, uh, the new PlayStation Plus free games. And, you know, we are going to roll then into our topic of the week. And, Yield, I don't know really about you, about how you feel about this. This is, again, another reason, you know, Tricky. It'd be nice to have him on the show so he could comment on this because, really, he's the Hideo Kojima guy. Uh, You know, I respect Hideo Kojima. As do I. I I don't really care for his games, to be honest. Uh, And I really just want Death Stranding to go away. Like, anytime I see something about Death Stranding... I don't want to click on it because I'm probably even more confused when I read an article about death training than when I didn't read anything at all about it because at this point we still don't know anything about the game well we know some things about the game but we don't know really what the game what we're trying to do in this game now uh, IGN has an article and it, uh, it posits the question where is coach is uh, death training going to be an MMO Uh, And this comes based on some of his comments um, that came from the Tribeca Film Festival in New New York. And IGN pulled this from from GamesRadar. So, um, according to Kojima, and I'm going to read you some quotes because really there's no way to paraphrase this shit. Kodeo Kodeo Kojima is just too confusing. Uh, It's an open world action game, but it's really something new. There are so many things happening in the real world, in America, in Europe, everything is actually connected by the internet, but in a way, we're not connected in the real world these days. I'm putting that as a metaphor in the game. He elaborated the player will have to reconnect the world in the game. You're very alone, there's solitude, but you're trying to connect. The story and the gameplay, the key word is connection. There are so many things in between, of course, but the key is connection. Uh, And the last little bit we'll share from Kojima. I also threw in a really new idea, Kojima teased, although we... um, you're connecting the game and everyone is playing together. And you'll be connected. Everyone will be connected together as well. I can't say anything about it because Sony will be very unhappy. I don't know what to be disconnect. I don't want to be disconnected from Sony. Uh, at this point, I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about with this game.
1: Sounds like he like talked in a circle.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, like, well, the, the, at the some beat- point, they have to give us more details on this game. Well, yeah. Because even, you know, Norman Reedus was there. He plays Sam in the game, and, you know, he, he talked about it, but even he didn't shed any light. All he talked about was that there were violent elements to it. So at this point, we have this game that they wanted to, us to get excited for, but yet we don't know anything about the game itself. We we, I, we don't know how we're going to be playing. Like, I, I just, I don't, like, he calls it an open world, but I'm so off-put by this game, and, like, just tell me what the game's about.
1: Yeah, Um. The whole connected thing, I don't necessarily take it as an MMO. I mean, they could be going with a kind of a a watchdog thing. You know what I'm saying? In the sense of that, you know, you're connected via the internet or something. Uh, If it is an MMO, then I'm definitely out. Right now, I've been just cautiously optimistic. I've kind of liked some of the things that I've seen just from... Their trailer aspects of it, but like you said, I don't know what's going on. I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing, and I haven't really seen. I don't think we've seen gameplay footage. We've just seen trailers.
0: So and yeah, I mean there there's like a there was a gameplay reveal trailer at E3. I mean it seems it feels to me like Kojima himself doesn't know how to describe this game, and every time he opens his mouth, it's just stalling. So none of us figure out that fact that he actually doesn't know what the game's about.
1: And that could very well be. I just know that I haven't seen anything yet that makes me go, I'm buying that game.
0: When he talks, it feels like the game is still in concept. Like, they're they're writing it down on napkins at, at, like, McDonald's. And it's not actually, like, a game that's currently in development. It all sounds like it's just ideas being thrown at the wall.
1: And we hope something sticks.
0: Now, when he talks about being connected and, like, connection with other people... It's really odd because his other baby was, of course, Metal Gear Solid, and I can't really think of many more games that are, like, isolating than Metal Gear Solid. It's a completely solitary experience. You're, in many ways, this kind of lone wolf, and for him to talk about connection and even for people to think that this could be an MMO, that's kind of like, almost like a Guerrilla Games jumping from kill zone to Horizon Jump. I mean, that's a huge jump for Kojima and kind of dabbling in an area where he doesn't, he hasn't dabbled much before. Because when I think of Kojima, I don't think of multiplayer games. No. I mean, the, the closest we'll get to having, uh, that I can think of, of Kojima and, and multiplayer is a game he didn't even work on, just under the name of Metal Gear Solid, which is Metal Gear Survive. So
1: Did, maybe, did, Zone, I mean, did Zone of Enders have any multiplayer in it?
0: I am not entirely sure.
1: Okay, that I'm not for sure. But that was his other game that I remember him doing.
0: But perhaps that, you know, maybe this is a multiplayer experience and you're trying to play with other people, and that's part of the reason that the game is so far in development or has been is kind of like still a mystery, is because he's still trying to figure all this out because he's so used to developing a single-player experience. But all the same, the more I hear about Death Stranding, the less I want to hear about Death Stranding. Because... It's almost like you're you're trying to pitch me a game that you has no idea where it's going. It's like, you have ideas, but you don't know where it's heading. You have no ending. There's like a beginning, but no middle or end. And I'm like, I, I just, I don't care. I don't care anymore. Stop talking about this game. Release it, don't release it at this point. I don't care. And maybe maybe that's just me. Maybe you feel differently, Yield. I know that Tricky loves Hideo Kojima, so... He will probably, regardless, buy this game. Um, but, I mean, do you side more, like, where are you on the spectrum as far as that goes? Like, is this a game that you said you were caut- cautiously optimistic, but is this a game they you still even want to play anymore?
1: I'm still waiting to find out what I'm doing. You know,
0: um, I,
1: I like I said, I, I've, it, it looks cool, so it's piqued my interest but I'm not behind it until I feel like I I know what's going on. What what's my objective? What what am I doing? And I I don't get that yet. So I'm not like everybody else that's blindly going. Well, Hideo's doing it. I'm all in. I mean, it it'll have a heck of a good story. I I believe that if you can follow it. But I'm 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 the wait and see, and you know I mean. I waited for Duke Nukem forever, so I can wait for this.
0: You can wait for Duke Nukem forever. You can wait for anything. That's right. And Duke you, can nu- wait for the, you can wait for the city of Atlantis to come out of the ocean.
1: And Duke Nukem wasn't as bad as everybody says it is.
0: You'll die on that hill.
1: I will die on that hill. I will be the, well, the last man hill. standing. Hail to the king, baby.
0: I even had to, what are you, are you being paid by Gearbox now? That would Are be you a all- mouthpiece for Gearbox and for Duke Nukem. That
1: would be awesome, wouldn't it?
0: Yield, your check is in the mail. Awesome. Alright. I'm
1: all out of bubblegum. They're mailing me my bubblegum.
0: Yeah, I with Death Stranding, like, obviously Hideo Kojima is a tremendous developer and he's earned a lot of respect very deservedly. I think though that as far as their their approach to marketing this game and getting the word out has been very bad. Because you want some mystery, because you know you want to keep people's interest and you want to keep them, you know, kind of hungry. So you want to you want to have some mystery, but this game is a complete mystery. And after it being out for so long, like you run the risk of irritating people. And you know, with so many other games coming out and the PlayStation Five on the horizon, it's almost like you're in danger of marketing it, but marketing it so poorly that other people just move on to other games. So I hope the game come, I you know the game will come out, but I hope it's um, that just soon, I hope that soon, hopefully, you know, maybe, well, probably not Tokyo game show, but at least by next E3 that we learn more about this game. And we actually get like, say uh, a 30 minute stage demo or something like that, or the PlayStation experience or something where we can actually see the game for a full long time and actually, you know, gather an idea of what we'll be doing. Because I mean, how can you get excited for a game that you don't know how to play you know, Kodeo Kojima and Norman Reedus, they can only drum up so much excitement by themselves, and eventually that's just going to burn out. So hopefully by next E3 or PlayStation experience or whatever, we, we have a better idea of what we'll be doing in Death Stranding. Amen. Yeah, because maybe I'm just too hard on the game, but I'm just irritated every, I, every time I open an article and have to read about Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> because I want to tell people, and I want to know myself, what's gonna be going to going, be going on in this game, But we're just giving more, we're creating more questions than answers, so. But that is going to bring us to the end of this episode. Yield, I can't do it myself, so we're going to get into the housekeeping. You told, you said to Sweet Mama D last week, and Tricky got a little upset at you. What are we going to do?
1: We're going to clean this shit
0: up. That's right. We are always looking for... Uh, talented writers, podcasters, video editors, and news reporters to join the Proven Gamer team. If you think you have what it takes, go to ProvenGamer.com and click on the Help Wanted tab at the top of the page. Once you fill everything out, Tricky will get back to you as quickly as he can. If you if you watch on Twitch, go to Twitch.tv/proven gamer to see whenever we're streaming. Uh, if you're on Discord, you can join our uh, the Proven Gamer group, and we will tell you, we'll give you send notific- you little notifications when we will be streaming on Twitch. Again, the address is Twitch.tv/proven gamer. If you want to contact us via Twitter, you can contact the show or the website at proven gamer. You can also contact me at some Source Tricks, Yield at I Yield to No One, Steve at Batchild 27, Sid at Sidderny, S-I-D-D-E-R-N-E-Y, and Tricky at Tricky Mick. You want to contact us via email, it's TrophyHores at ProvenGamer.com and our phone number, Yield, our phone number.
1: 330 Proven9. 330 8369
0: If you like Trophy Horse and you want to check out our other podcast on the Proven Podcast Network, go check out PG Spoilers as I uh, as I say this, I understand that there is a panel forming for a second God of War podcast that will include me because Tricky Alex versus Tricky everyone does not agree with what I had to say about the game, so that's fine. That's fine. No one's gonna sway my opinion of the game because I played all the way through the game. But if you uh, so be aware that should be coming out in the near future. We also have Nintendo Dual Screens with Steven and Andy, and Game Stuff, which is a more generalized podcast. Where can you find all of these shows? Well, you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, various podcast apps, Google Play, TuneIn, and you can find Nintendo Dual Screens and Trophy Horrors on iHeartRadio and Spotify. We've also got three PlayStation 4 communities Proven Gamer Community, the Tito's Brothel, which is the Tito's Brothel because we can't say whores on the network. Shuhei Yoshida won't allow it. So instead of Trophy Horrors, we are the Tito's Brothel on the PlayStation 4 and yields Platinum Guild. Yield, why don't you tell the people about your Platinum Guild?
1: So it's, it's a place to come and basically brag about your Platinums, keep your Platinum count or whatever. Maybe you can hook up with some people who have the same game as you. You're trying for a co-op trophy, or maybe getting a group of people together for some multiplayer trophies. You can do that. That's, that's kind of what it's for.
0: And you can have your name forever etched in the glory of earning Platinum Trophies.
1: You can. But I tell you, there's a f- group of people that are killing it in the platinum count. They are the epitome of a trophy whore. I'm just throwing that out
0: there. Yes, one of our Patreon producers, CJ Anderson, is, is one of those people with his 6,000 platinum trophies. And,
1: and the stacking. They love their stacking. But hey, that's cool. I'm I'm not, I'm not bad-mouthing you. You go you go earn them platinums.
0: Trophy Hoors is also proud to be in a partnership with the Humble Bundle. Uh, I will always include a link to our Humble Bundle partnership page in the show description on provinggamer.com. If you don't know what Humble Bundle is, you can go uh, it's basically a charity initiative that every month they bundle together a group of games in one one space and you can basically name your price for that bundle. There are tiers to every bundle, so the more that you pay, the more games you'll get. Generally, the value probably averages to around $250 or more dollars for the games, and in some instances, you'll get more than nine or so games. So even if you have to pay 20 bucks for it, it's still a really good deal. And the Humble Bundle supports charity, so it is a charity initiative, and you're helping people. So if you can spend more money, then definitely why not do it? You're still getting a lot of value for that money. Uh, You can also sign up for their electronic newsletter to figure out uh, what's the latest news on Humble Bundle. Now, if the bundles aren't your thing, they also have sales on single games, as well as bundles of books and bundles of comics, anything, uh, and those change monthly. So go to to HumbleBundle.com to check out all they have to offer for this month. Before you go to Amazon.com to do any of your shopping, please come to ProvenGamer.com first. You only have to do this once, so if you've already done this, you can go ahead and tune me out for a few seconds. But there is a link to Amazon.com on the front of ProvenGamer.com. You click that link, it'll straight take you straight to Amazon.com where you can do all your shopping for uh, your crackers, your diapers, your mustard, your video games, your CDs, your vinyl, whatever you want to get. It is a small step for you, but it does help the show a lot, especially with site fees, server fees, and all that. So if you could just take that step and click on the Amazon Amazon link on provengamer.com, we would really appreciate it. You can also support us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash provengamer. Uh, There's different levels to support us at. Uh, If you want to help the show out, you can definitely do that on Patreon. Uh, Just pick what you want, pick the the tier that you want to support us at, and we will gladly. uh, I don't remember exactly what the tier rewards are. But you know CJ is a patron, and of course we had him on the show a couple weeks ago. So there's a lot of different good stuff in there for you if you be- choose to become a Patreon producer and support the show. Uh, and even if you can't give any money to the show, one of the best things you can do is review us on you know Apple Podcast or any of the other applications where you can write a review. That helps get word of mouth out. That helps get the show out. So if you can help us in that way, we definitely appreciate it too. Yield November, November, or Extra Life is on November 2nd this year. How about you give us an idea of what Extra Life is all about? So,
1: Extra Life is a 24 hour, well, since it's on uh, daylight savings ending, it's a 25 hour video game marathon where it benefits the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. So, you go to Extra Life, Extra hyphen. Life.org, and you either join a team, proven Gamer has a team, you can join our team, or you can create your own team, or you can just play solo. And what you do is you get friends, family members, co-workers, total strangers, doesn't matter, anyone, to donate monies to you to play video games for 25 hours. You then select a Children's Miracle Network hospital of your choosing to basically the, that money goes to So it could be your local one, it could be clear across the country, or clear across the states. Whichever one, doesn't matter, and 100% of the money that you get collected to you will go to that children's hospital of your choosing. So it's a win-win. You get to play video games, and you get to help out sick kids. It's a win-win.
0: Very well said, and, of course, we mentioned CJ as one of our Patreon producers. We also want to mention Felicia Steph. Give a big shout-out to her as uh, our other Patreon producer. That is going to bring us to the end of the show. Before we get out of here, as always, we want to give our shout-outs. Yield, how about you give out some credit to the people this week? So,
1: as always, uh, shout-out to the pimps and the madams of the whoredom. Thank you. Downloading, listening, engaging with us, as always. A shout-out to uh, wargaming.net. I am enjoying World of Warships Legends. Uh, um, I'm enjoying the learning how to play as the different ships and even the different tiers of ships. So that's actually kind of fun. So it'll be even more interesting when the trophies come in. Um, shout out to Ben Studio. I, I know that a lot of the initial reviews kind of dampened the launch of the game. I won't say it panned it. They weren't as thrilled as what they were expecting. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe they got overhyped. I don't know. The fan reaction, the consumer reaction, has been really positive, what I've seen. Everybody loves it. So I'm getting into it. I'm really enjoying it. So a shout out to them and all their hard work. And just remember, you don't support this. You may not get uh, Siphon Filter reboot or remastered. So remember that. You're gonna make yield sad if I don't
0: get that. Um You're gonna chat. clutch that until the day you die. You're you're gonna go to you're gonna go into your coffin with a prediction sheet that says E3 twenty ninety nine uh, yeah. Siphon filter. Yeah. That one coming out. Coming
1: Finally. out. I called it.
0: Yep. So, uh,
1: hey, and then when it happens, I'll be on top of that mountain going, Told you so. Every one of you. Anyway uh shout out to alex for hosting this week shout out to tricky even though he couldn't be here he did put together the show notes a shout out to him and that'll do me for this week i'm I'm drawing a blank on everybody else
0: i want to give a shout out as always to the fuel to the fire that is trophy horse the listeners, thank you all for your continued support of the show, whether you support on Patreon, whether you support by just word of mouth, or if you just support us by downloading the show every week. We truly appreciate you all very much. Uh, we can't really convey how much we appreciate you all, but just know that you all are the reason the show is still around, the why, the why, the reason why it's grown so much, and the reason it's on things like iHeartRadio and Spotify. So thank you all very much for your continued support of the show. I want to give a shout-out to the, um, to Avengers Endgame. Um, Went to see it last week. Loved it. Um, yeah, it was one of the reasons. Like, that movie is a perfect example of why I go to the movies. I didn't love every aspect of the movie, but by the end, like, I was cheering like a stupid fanboy. So, uh, it, you know, I think that the the movie kind of tied up all the things that should have really well. And just g- it gave me what I expected from the movie and what I wanted out of that universe. So uh, Avengers Endgame, super fucking great. Uh, loved it. And uh, we'll be buying it when it comes to DVD. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to um, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, who, if you don't know who they are, they are the executive producers of Game of Thrones. They pulled off a fantastic episode, uh, The Long Night, last week. Uh, super tense, even before the, the battle went down. But uh, it was a great episode, and uh, I... I, I, just, I, yeah. I hear
1: this week might be even more tense...
0: Yeah, they're coming with the last three episodes, and I expect that just the shit, I mean, I feel like this episode will give us some time to breathe before, like, everything goes down, even, like, before, like, the, as they would say, the final, final battle goes down. So I feel like this is going to be a bit of a breather episode to kind of set up some story and type some more loose ends, but yeah, last episode it was super tense, like, I, it went, it was even better than I thought it could be, um, so it was just it was it was a fantastic episode, and you know Game of Thrones has become one of my favorite TV shows of all time. So I definitely give credit to them, uh, the executive producers, for you know putting the show together and just uh, drawing, um, creating so many fantastic characters. Well, I, I guess George R. R. Martin is the one who deserves credit for that, uh, but just for bringing the stories, George R. R. Martin's stories to the uh, television screen. Um, kudos to them for that. It's been a huge success, and. I'm sad the show's ending, but I'm also very excited to see the final three episodes, so. Uh, last but not least, I want to give an awesome, or a, an awesome shout-out. An awesome shout-out! Awesome! I want to give a shout-out to my loving girlfriend, Ashley. Um, tremendously uh, positive experience in my life. I love you, honey. And, uh, yeah, thank you, as always, for just supporting my nerdiness and, you know, going to see Avengers Endgame with me, even though you're not the hugest Marvel fan or you know, the fact that you haven't seen all that many Marvel movies, but always been willing to go and to compromise. Uh, I love you. So. Those are going to be my shout-outs of the week. And uh, that is going to wrap up episode 388 of the show. Thank you all again for listening, and until next week, happy trophy hunt. Alex,
1: go eat your pizza. Save
0: your last words,